Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. My name is Aaron, and actually for the first time in quite a while, we have two guests on the show today. Welcome to the show, Derek and Nolan. Hey, welcome hey. to the pod, guys. What's up, man? Nice to be here. The two gentlemen Thanks, right Steve. here from the band Multi Ultra here in Nashville. What what genre would you call yourselves? Ooh. I'd say like alternative rock, alternative pop rock. rock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... We draw influence from so many different things, but um, it seems that, you know, our music kind of... We, we definitely like uh, pop music. We like rock music, but... Yeah, you don't want to kind of pigeonhole yourselves into being one kind of a band. That's just like whatever sounds good and plays good. Yeah, I think that's kind of always been our, our thing. Like, what the heck is a multi-ultra, you know? Yeah. It doesn't really draw any... Um, doesn't really put your mind anywhere. So we, ca- I think that's one of the reasons why we kind of chose that name was so we could yeah isn't of... that some like old cia thing that multi-ultra is yeah, some actually old cia program <laughs> <laughs> have you ever, ever heard of that uh i think you're oh i know what you're I'm referring of to mk ultra that's MK what i'm ultra, thinking of. isn't it when they like fed people acid or I something think so. i think that's what that like, was it was like uh testing <laughs> for i'm gonna botch this because i haven't really looked it up so like this is this should not be an informational source right here but <laughs> it was like something to do with um, the army or the government doing psychological testing through LSD. Yeah, that's what it was. Like they were like, "Oh, is LSD gonna like give us superpowers or something?" Or like, can I read someone's mind? Yeah, it was like they were basically res- they were yeah. researching the effects of LSD, but to not necessarily weaponize it, but they were like researching mind control or something <laughs> like that, and they were dosing people like in labs, like they were just making them trip. So anyway. Uh, the band name actually has nothing to do with that, but it's, it's, you know, what, when we thought of it, Derek thought of the band name and it was cool because it was so searchable. Like when you put multi and ultra together, Mm -hmm. you know, like the closest thing you get is like multivitamins, you know what I mean? Or, I mean, there's like Mick ultra, there's these other brands where the words by themselves Mm -hmm. are, they exist, but they don't exist together. And that was one of the biggest uh, that, that wasn't the was reason really why we top. picked it though. It was a more personal reason because, you know, we want to be our best. We want to be really, that's it. Just, we want to be our best. So that's where the ultra comes from. That's we cool. want to bring our best and the multi, you know, I think over time, I'm personally a fan of, you know, artists that can evolve mm-hmm. with their own art and and with their audience and stay true to themselves like we do have a very focused vision for our sound and you know we it's not narrow it's just focused at the time being Mm -hmm. but the 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 multi comes from we want to preserve like this you know the the freedom of experimentation in our music and this is actually going to tie back to your your genre question maybe two or three minutes ago like (laughs) (laughs) genre is always fun to wrestle with i never um because it's such a fluid term to use anymore yeah it's such a fluid term i never get too bent up about Mm -hmm. it but you know what's cool is Rock music has been perfected for like s- almost seven decades now. Yeah. If you think like mid 1950s, you could consider the first rock tracks totally. coming out. Johnny Be Good, stuff like that. Exactly, dude. Uh, and it's been perfected so many times. And s- every, 
you know, few years, something cool and new and fresh is offered, mm-hmm. and it's still called rock, but it, it shifts the landscape. And so, you know, as Derek was saying, we do have many influences. Like, I, I love listening to dance music. I listen to, like, everything, bro. Hip-hop, classical, like, there there are no limitations but rock is really in our blood, and that's what we grew up with. And it's not necessarily a certain kind of rock. It's just our own brand or our own expression of rock. It's under the umbrella of the greater rock and roll world. Yeah, it's a huge umbrella. You know what I mean? You could maybe, at this point, you could call it indie rock. Or you right. could call it, we are taking a lot of inspiration from some early 2000s bands, but and beyond. Mm-hmm. Multi-ultra. Multi-ultra. That and was beyond, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I think you nailed it, man. So you came up with that name, Derek? Yeah. Well, you know, we were, we were working very closely together, you know, when, when So are you two the founding members of the band then? Definitely. Yeah. It was, it was, it was very much, you know, it wasn't a sole decision based on, um, it wasn't my sole decision, but it was something that we were, we were working on, you know, and, um, I, we, we've joked in the past about reasons we chose it. I think it really, like Nolan said, it did kind of fit um, because it didn't pigeonhole us, like you said earlier. But also, mm-hmm. like you know, we joked about Nolan is a multi instrumentalist. You know, we we like multi genres. You know, I like to. I'm not. I wouldn't call myself a multi instrumentalist like <laughs> Nolan. But, you definitely are, though. I've heard you play drums. Well, I like to. I <laughs> You're like doing to play, something that yeah. I don't see in a lot of bands right now, and you are a fucking front man. Oh, thanks. There man. are Hell some. Yeah. People who are like, I'm the front man of a band, and you see them, and they look bored. You are having so much fun when well, you play. Well, I, I have to say, man, I, I can't let loose like that if it wasn't for like Nolan and Chris and Christian not being so good at what they're doing, you know, holding it down. You all just look like you're having the best time when you play. And that's the other thing, man. We're, it's we're pure are. <laughs> unbridled joy, man. Yeah, man. It is. That's something that a lot of bands right now, especially like, I don't want to say bands necessarily, because... That's like a pejorative term in Nashville, but you have like the band, a dynamic band. You have the core group of four dudes, right? Yeah. True. true. And when we play live, I got to shout out our our beloved friend, Ryan Stowe. Yes. He's our beloved friend. He is uh, a really important part of filling out and making the, the live sound um, complete. You know what I mean? As the old days of MTV would say for the Foo Fighters, they're making the loud louder. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> exactly. In, indeed, you know, I uh, we we sometimes play shows as a four piece. You know, I would say just to clear the air. You know, like Christian and Chris and Derek and I are like the core four. Mm-hmm. But personally, I always prefer when Ryan plays original shows with us. Um, is he the rhythm underneath your lead? Then you know, uh, I would say. It's a guitar one, guitar two kind okay. of relationship. It the, one isn't more important without the other. Um, you know what's what's a roof without the without the floor? Right. You know. Um, you need you need what's, one. You need what's both. a couch with a with a with a bad paint job on the walls? Right. It's all a collective sound. I love that. Um, I really commend him because you know a lot of times we ask him musically to do something that is below his capability like he's he's a great musician in his own right he writes you know he writes his own songs um he was in previous rock bands in the scene uh that i enjoyed so i knew like his talent and stuff and he's like almost a perfect uh doppelganger of of me if you That's will great. you know what i mean I, I definitely take for a, a long time yeah i definitely take a lot of the leads he definitely holds down a lot of the rhythms but 
the roles are not quite as discreet as that. Um, it's, if he wrote a lead line that he wanted to play, you'd play a rhythm underneath it and not have your ego tripped. There are many times where, yeah, I toss him some of the leads, you know what I mean? Cool. And we love doing the cool harmony thing. Like uh, some recent bands we like are like, shout out Little White Reaper mm-hmm. or like... Um, I thought you were going to say Little Wayne for a second. I'm sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> Don't get me started on Wheezy F, bro. Wheezy F is one of my main inspirations, dude. I sorry. heard that too. I was like, oh, okay. But uh, I always make the silly mistake of saying Little Wayne instead of Lil Wayne. Like, I'm just, like, such a goofy-ass white boy. Little Wayne as it is small Wayne. Yeah. (laughs) I'm such a goofy-ass white kid, but it's fine. Um, Anyway, dude, Ryan is a homie, and uh, he's he's more on the auxiliary, um, I guess, when you're saying who's in the band, you know what I mean? He's he's definitely in the band, but when we're, I think the the core four of us is what's really driving and and meeting more often, and um, we just want to... Make sure he feels respected. That's and, cool. Um, we're very just, lucky to have him. We're lucky to have him, and we're yeah. shouting him out. You know, because he's that busy. Reason. He's got he's got a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. He makes time for us, and and we try to make it worth it for him. And we're having a blast together. It wouldn't be the same without him, but we're definitely the core four. Okay, cool. Does yeah. the does the songwriting come from everybody, or do the two of you pretty much handle that? Oh, great question. A lot of, yeah, it is a great question. A lot of times it does. I mean, okay. it 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 always. You're a songwriter, so I'm I'm sure you can relate to it they never really come out the same way you right. know there's and, no one way to write a song right you know and and you kind of get tired of doing the same thing every time totally. so you know sometimes you do have to switch it up you know <laughs> yeah, um, good good tag right there <laughs> you have to yeah so a lot of times you know it does come where we're we're uh in the we're all writing together or sometimes it comes you know somebody brings a song in um or you know it's it's always different uh you know and and we kind of like it that way you know because it's you, you want to always have new that's how that's how you know you you evolve is through experimentation i feel like and um you know and people for, can hear it when you start having that homogenized sound same song over and over and over right. with different words yeah mm-hmm. that's why changing that format can really help keep the creative process more fun Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Can. I mean, yes. Yeah, another way is like, uh, not to beat this too much, but like, you know, um, just starting with loops or something. And of course, like it wouldn't be a band if everybody didn't have like changing, mm-hmm. you know, if, if it wasn't like four guys playing it rather than just Without a the human flair, the yeah. human flair. Yeah. Cause <laughs> it, you know, it, it wouldn't be the same if, if we were just a loop band, but there are so many different ways to write a song in the 21st century that like we can, and we're, we're happy for that. You know, it's like, um, it's great that, you know, you can do it on your phone with garage band or something and, mm-hmm. and share it with the guys. And then they all record their parts or like a new part. And like, you know, everybody ends up touching it and everybody has a fingerprint on it by that's the time cool. that we release it anyway. So that's, that's yeah. a cool way to that's do well it said. too. You don't you don't have to just rely on like like one person to play all the guitars and then like you don't want to have to have the other what was the other guitar player's name? Oh, uh, Ryan. You don't want to have him have to learn your guitar parts every single time because uh, often he does with grace. Okay. You know what I mean? But um, sorry, go ahead. Go but, ahead. But yeah, having having that extra outside influence, whether or not it's just somebody else in the band saying, "Hey, this was the bass riff I wrote," but 
maybe this sounds better. And then all of a sudden, that's how like that band co-write kind of happens. It does build on each other. And I will say, you know, admittedly, I think, you know, Derek especially, but with me too, we do come up, we do end up coming up with a lot of the source material. But I only say source material because when it gets to the final version of that song, it's been tossed back and forth Mm -hmm. and so many different beats and, and little um, twists have been tried that every, like you just said this, but everyone's fingerprint is on the song. So we all, when we, when we all write together, this is maybe just for the listeners out there who are also in bands or also creatives. It can be difficult sometimes to navigate through like a four way writing relationship. Mm -hmm. Like there, it can be a lot of benefits, but there can be like speed bumps along the way. So there is no prescription and there's no formula, but I find that we get our best work, a lot of times when we have maybe begun or discovered like some strong source material and then that's presented to everybody, whether it's from one person or like a co-write you and I did, you know, and there sometimes is a clear bass part that Derek has written or a clear, you know, beat that I have written or Derek writes my guitar riff mm-hmm. or something. That's kind of where the multi comes from, I think a little bit is you know, Derek has written a lot of the riffs that I play. That's great. You know what I mean? Or like I've even written a lot of the lyrics that Derek sings. Not and the melodies. Ma- and melodies. Yeah, not the majority, but there's no distinction in that part. But, you know, we come up with a lot of the source material and then it really gets refined. And I don't want to underestimate that crucial role that Chris and Christian play right. in refining and sweetening that source material. You know, um, we will jam a lot together with no lyrics or melody planned. To see what happens. Yep, and we've gotten some cool ones from that way. You know, there are also those lightning bolt moments where I'm completely by myself in my room, same as you, Derek. Well, we're we're almost getting like 90% of the song, lyrics, melody, and chords done one person by mm-hmm. themselves, and then they just show it, like nearly complete. But I say complete in quotations because right. it gets changed a little... Um, it happens, and then we'll also sit down together and from scratch and build up stuff. So it really is a big question worthy of a big answer is who writes the songs? You know, we all write the songs, but if you're out there and you're collaborating with people, you know, don't be shy, you know, when you're coming up with the source material. Like, be as bold as you can because a lot of times that can lift the situation. Totally. Yeah. And sometimes you need somebody to drive the bus. Exactly, bro. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it does the better songs can come. This is not a blanket statement. Like all it's always changing, but sometimes the better songs come when it's a very developed, right. you know, close to finished mm-hmm. piece. Like dude, you made I remember just for a specific example, you made yes or no on your phone. You were sick that day. And you couldn't sing that high, so yes or no. You're like, <laughs> you're like singing low, bro. And I'm not even making fun of it. It's Doing like, like so an cool. old crooner. He, right had, the, now, he yeah. had the beat. <laughs> yeah. He had the beat. He had the bass line. He had the ding 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 ding. Like the mm-hmm. little guitar part. It was pretty much all there on a on a damn little Garage Band memo. And That's Derek cool. played for me. I'm like, this is sick, bro. <laughs> and so it was just a matter of, you know, learning the tracks that he had put down. Things obviously changed a bit, but like that was that's the source material I'm talking about. I'm just trying to peel back the curtain Mm -hmm. for the listeners of how do we come up with this stuff? Like, no, there is no prescribed way, but 
And it's good to, it's good to talk about it from the perspective of a band like you guys because I know a lot of the listeners are the like songwriters songwriter they That's sit it down with their guitar and they either write they like they call them the solo rights or they mm-hmm. sit in the room at 11 a.m. on Saturday morning with four other people and they all co-write together like there's sure. some people who only do that and they don't understand it's like sometimes it's okay to come to a write with I've finished 90% of the song and I need a little extra something and I can't think of what it is but yes. you guys can yes dude Having having some other kind of a dynamic in there, which is something I want to talk about with the band dynamic. Sure. So, Nashville's very, shall we say, me, 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 me. It can the, be. The artists typically are like, they are the solo artist, and this is my band. And the band members in Nashville, for better or for worse, are kind of exchangeable, interchangeable, whatever I mean. Mercenaries, I like to say. Expendable. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to say that's bad, but it can suck because sometimes... The shows are amazing. And sometimes the shows aren't. Because I think artists struggle with that consistency of like, sometimes you have a killer lead guitar player and a killer drummer, but the bassist didn't rehearse. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that you guys are doing right. Because if you have that core group, every show is not only consistent, but you can, you have, you can tell when you're in the audience watching, you guys are buddies. Yeah, man. Like you're not just there to work. You're not just there to play a show. You're there because you also love each other and want to hang out. It it goes uh, – first off, thanks for noticing that, man. Yeah, um, it's really cool that you feel that without us having to say it. It just means it's naturally coming off. It's completely true. But it's definitely noticeable. Yeah. I, um, we've all, you know, pl- played in other bands and, you know, grown up in bands and – you know, that's not to say that there aren't times where it's difficult to, you know, because it is like a marriage. But at the end of the day, you know, it's so much more fun to do it with friends. And it's so much more fun to to share. Like, it's so much sweeter to share successes mm-hmm. and failures with somebody else, you know. And mm. we have had to learn how to work with work with our, you know, others and um work together and you know sometimes I'm not saying it's easier to be a solo artist at all I don't know you know <laughs> I don't know but um I just think that it it is definitely I remember hearing a quote from Elvis talking about like or uh I think it was actually George Harrison saying you know that he felt sorry for Elvis because like of all the mm. stuff that they had um done you know elvis did it by himself basically and he said man he must have been so lonely like lonely it's hiding lonely out in the, the bathroom you know from from fans and stuff and not that we're experiencing anything like that but i just that that really resonates with me on like yeah we get to do this with our best friends or with my best friends and um you know so everybody we've all been in bands and we've all kind of learned how to listen and how to we we have to cooperate with one another we have to you know take baths when we're in the van together and like do you guys have anything that you do outside of the band (laughs) that really kind of helps maintain that friendship because it can get kind of convoluted being like we're in the band and we have to play these shows and we have to make money and yada yada but do you have any things that you like you specifically do just to maintain the friendship aspect of it? it's a great question we do try to 
like we live in Nashville, so we're spoiled with restaurants and food and we do try yeah. to go out and have like family dinners mm-hmm. frequently and, and do things other than business a lot, you know. That's good. Yeah, you know, we'll hit the pool, we'll rub sunscreen on each other, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding, but like no, sometimes it's just about going and tossing the frisbee in the park or like it's important to do things other than business too. It is, time you know. And and you know, make no mistake, like we definitely the majority of our time together is focused on band mm-hmm. stuff. And there's a lot of fun in the variety of those activities. Like maybe we're just in the playground creating. Maybe we're messing around with the synth or right. something. Like and we're all poking, we're all twisting knobs. What? Like we've all got be- our hands on the on the <laughs> yeah. one instrument. Yeah. yeah. It's like sometimes it's fun it's funny like that, right? Or we're writing or we're we're strategizing together or we're like practicing with m- more of an intentional. So of course the majority of our time, yeah, we are grinding band activities because we do get a lot of like friendship and joy from that. But to your question, what beyond music yeah man it's it's nothing complicated it's just the the once in a while like hanging out or like going to a show together or like man i remember we saw um it was a documentary Little called Wayne. Meet, meet me in the yeah Little Wayne, right no it was a documentary <laughs> called meet me in the bathroom we went to see it at the belcourt theater it was like a little friend date you see like a little band date just a little band and date. it's a it was a documentary on the 2000s new york music scene um it's with the title comes from a strokes lyric um so it was mainly about kind of focused on the strokes but a lot of other cool bands like the yeah yeah yeah's mm-hmm. and like interpol and like just a lot of things from that era um and do we just like went out and got inspired together you know what i mean and that was i mean sure you could paint that as something musical but it, it we were really just it, hanging out it wasn't out. for music it wasn't forced either we just yeah we just wanted to go consume something and just share an experience together so there's you got to have a couple hang days in there, even if it's only two or three a month, you know, yeah, like if, if you're doing music like 90% of the time, you're not doing it wrong. Just leave that 10% for just hanging out and being friends, just man. Go, just go have a barbecue, sit and hang That's out. what I'm saying, it's, bro. It's easy to get so focused on the goal that you lose, right? The, you lose the f- the fun, like the, you lose the, the, the reason why you started it to begin with. Right. Yeah. And it, it is important. It's like, it's like, you know, I know this gets tossed around so much, but it is like a relationship where, you know, if you don't go on dates, you know, then you, you kind of forget. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. You forget that you are, you know, you forget you're in love and, uh, You've got to remind yourself of why you fell in love to begin with. Yeah, totally. It's like and when we were 16 years old, we didn't start a band because, I mean, honestly, obviously we were all going to play Wembley Stadium when we were 16. But dude, right, totally. None of, us, none of us did it back then to like make a living. We did it because like my buddies and I wanted to play in a band. Like mm-hmm. That yeah. was it. Wanted to hang we, out. We're like, I have these songs and you play that and you... The drummer's got a garage, so and he we can be a each band. other. Yeah, totally. I think what Nolan was also saying too is that we do love playing music so much that it it is also like a big. We hang out when we're practicing. Like it, it's correct. It's not like a chore to be together. That's not what we're saying. It's yeah. it's that we do have, like we do genuinely enjoy practicing and and being together. But it is nice to have those moments where you can kind of just let loose and. And not necessarily be working towards a goal. It's just more mm-hmm. 
being that's, together. That's all kind of why I started doing the podcast was because so much of our jobs is just being at the venues, talking with the people who you're supposed to talk to, playing a good show, and then going home. And it's hard to make like actual friends doing stuff like that. You can, we, I'm sure we've all got you hundreds of acquaintances. You seem to cut through the noise pretty in a very genuine way, though. I gotta, I gotta hand that to you. Like we met at Tin Roof. You reached out online. I had heard of Tour Stop like years before, you know, been following it online. But I was like, okay, you know, like. Great, like it's another said, show in town. Yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's not, yeah, you're right. It was like mm-hmm. kind of like, cool, it's another cool show in town. Wonder how it's going to go. But you're very active. Mm-hmm. You're, very you're very active, active, bro. And just the way that you greeted us and you, you made me personally feel important. You made us feel important. You made us feel welcome. And like, I know other people do that. But I, I'm not just fluffing you for no reason. Like, I got to hand it to you, man. You had this very genuine way of standing out where I could see, like, pretty much only five minutes into a conversation, I could see how legit you were and how focused and passionate that you are about what you do. And you wanted to share that with us. It just made it, – it cut through the noise and it cut through the monotony and the jadedness of, like, yeah – always going to shows in Nashville, like another showcase, another this, like it is saturated. Right. But that's no reason to frown. Like right. you're doing it your way. And I can just tell your whole heart is in it. And that was like, maybe the way that you see us, like you could tell we're friends on stage. Like I can tell, like when you put a show together, it's, it's just, you're doing it for the right reasons, bro. Like it's so in your heart and you don't even have to try to be genuine. Like that's, that's it's the so funny easy part. to see through that stuff here where you can tell somebody's just saying, hi, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming to play tonight. You can if hear, you even get that, man. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Sometimes you really don't even get that. Right. You can definitely tell the people who give a shit versus the people who are really just saying it because that you have to. And you totally give a shit. It's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. that's exactly why I started Tour Stop. And God, that was 2018. That was five years ago. But it's because I'd go to these shows and I would introduce myself to the promoter, whoever was the host. And I'd say, hey, I'm Aaron. I'm new to town. I'm just looking to get involved. Like, I don't want to play right away. Just tell me how I can support. And they'd be like, cool, fuck off. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's and- also cool sorry to interrupt no, you but it's ahead. also cool to to that you re- you like recognized an opportunity and was like wow this is like this is a gap that needs to be filled and and it's a gap that needed to be filled by just being nice yeah. <laughs> it's almost like yeah like all the business checkpoints are there but it's like the personality gap it's the human touch to mm-hmm. it dude like it's I can't believe it was only five years ago. It's it's grown a lot. We're proud of it. It's fu- it's cool. Yeah, I rem- I've, I've I've we like Nolan was saying. We've seen you since you started. I mean, you've been super active on, you know, with the shows and on social media, and it's cool, man. It's a lot of fun. Like, I I wake up every day and We're, I don't have to go to work. <laughs> we traded right. the nine to five for a twenty four seven. I've never heard that before. Dude, I just heard that recently. I, I sure, love that. I sure didn't make it up, but it is, it's damn true. It is totally true. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm at work right now, technically sitting in my living room exactly. doing the podcast. And this is awesome. Yeah. I, We're very blessed. Man. I had four jobs, technically five jobs within my first year in Nashville. <gasps> Brutal. And let's see, I worked at a hotel. No, I t- first I worked at Frothy Monkey. Then I worked at a hotel. Then I worked at a bakery. And then I worked at a... Uh, like a tea and coffee shop hmm. and then I was a Lyft driver and that was all within my first 12 months that gives mm. this value to you though because you know what it's like to 
to grow. I mean, not that you're not grinding right. now, but it, it's like I have a similar experience there where it's like mm-hmm. just having to go and like be able to afford to to live to here eat. and to eat. It's like that makes this whole living the dream so much sweeter. You know, it's like, I don't have to thumb through the chicken at Kroger to see which one is the cheapest anymore. <laughs> I still right. do. But I don't have. Right. But just as a hobby now. Now, yeah. it's, well, now it's just habit. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, dude. Like whenever I get too bogged down, like dude, we all have bigger dreams and goals that we're chasing, mm-hmm. and it's fun to chase that. That's what gives life its purpose for me, and and many more things beyond. But like, man, whenever I just feel like they're too out of reach or I get bogged down, I just slap myself a little bit, and I and I look at the gratitude and the abundance instead, and I'm like, man, dude, we are. We're in it. We're doing it. It's all right here in front of us. Like we're making a living. I like my catchphrase is we're surviving the dream, I you love know, that. and it's like, and even for the listeners out there that are working like a, a menial job or maybe a job that they hope to be temporary, like, yeah, man, you gotta, you gotta clock those hours too. Like it's, it's, it may not feel like a direct path, but go read the alchemist and you know, even the alchemist had to work in the crystal shop. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's my favorite book. When I was in that first year of, of work, I worked at a bakery and I was the opening morning baker. I worked from 4 a.m. until noon. Oh. And there were days where I'd play shows that ended at midnight and I'd wear my uniform to my shows and I'd put the jacket on over the pink cupcake t-shirt <laughs> and then I'd go to work. And, or I'd stay out at Red Door until 2 a.m. And, and then I'd rest day. in my car for an hour and then I'd go to work. Yeah. And I think about that. It's like there are people like me, for example, who are willing to do the 4 a.m. shifts to be in the industry. To just have the night's to just yeah. be able to do it. And I know there's some people who in, uh, you've met in town who complain about their 9 to 5s and like, oh, I work too much. I'm like, you have a regular like salary, health benefits job yeah and you're complaining and it's hard chore because sure it may mentally drain you but there are people who are really willing to go the extra mile or in some cases the extra like 100 miles to just do anything and if you're complaining about having it too easy there's people who are willing to work twice as hard to make it happen i think it's one of those things that nothing worth doing is easy right Mm -hmm. it's like you know, if everybody was trying to, what is the saying? If if it was easy, everybody would do it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I mean, I, I just, there's all these phrases and sayings that, you know, just... The cliches and the platitudes the cliches, but and there's, whatever. There's truth to them, even though you have to, I've had to They're learn popular some for a myself. reason. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've had to make some my own or learn their the hard way so that they can become my own because, you know, you can, people have tried to tell me things and you know, yeah. but I hear you tell your story about like working those jobs and it, it reminds me, I know Nolan had some, some crazy ones too, but we, we both like, it's just a part of like doing, getting to this point. Like, I don't think that anybody that can have true success can have it handed to them. Like, I think that, you know, we, we always go back to there are no overnight successes. I mean, you may hear about something that seems overnight, but you don't see the... Overnight happens in 10 years. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. That's it. You don't see the underside of the iceberg, what's under the ocean. You know, mm-hmm. you just see like the tip at the top. And it's, that's, 
Yeah, no, it's interesting. I feel like a lot of times in my life, we all encounter peaks, peaks and valleys. We have seasons of like hardship and we have seasons of maybe ease. Um, and I've made music through all those times, but like when I, when I step out and I zoom like from more of like a six month window or like a multiple years window, I'm actually happier for the total, everything combined for like the hard jobs. You can't appreciate the peaks without the valleys. Yeah, exactly what you guys are saying. Like I'm actually more satisfied when... I'm kind of under the gun a little bit. Like when I, when I feel like I'm, you know, standing on the edge of whatever it may be, like, you know, when I'm really pushing myself, when I'm, when I'm, it's not nice to lose sleep. Like, sure. Be kind to yourself, be healthy, like try to make good habits. But like when I really feel like I'm testing my limits, it, I may not be at my happiest in that moment, but I look back and that's what gives almost like a continual everlasting I don't know if it's pride or anything about once you once you get to the peak or once you overcome that. I think I'm not trying to I'm not trying to deviate too much, but it's like like when I when I feel like things are getting easier, I feel like it's not that I'm doing something wrong. Man, I don't know. I'm getting confused. But it's like when things get easier or when things, you know, when I don't feel that um, that edge anymore. I feel like, okay, like it's time to change. It's time to step it up or level up. Comfortable. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like the comfort, bro. It feels good and for a minute, but it it just really I personally start getting in a in a really funky headspace when I'm super comfortable. Like it doesn't feel right anymore. I've noticed that some of my best like guitar riffs or lyric ideas come when I know I have to go do something, but I'm just jamming for like God, I got 20 minutes left, and then I'm just playing, and then I get excited and like, ah, crap! Now I wish I didn't have to go to this thing, dude. Totally. But I, even even that, we were just talking about earlier, like back to to, to tie this back to the songwriting, mm-hmm. like even that 20 minutes that you come up with the best guitar lick you've ever written like probably came from all of the other years you spent like writing bad guitar licks. Right. <laughs> like that's, yeah. what, that's another thing we were talking about is like trying to, you know, we'll go through periods where we're not writing anything we're writing, but it's not good. And then all of yeah. a sudden you'll get, that's where the lightning bolt comes in mm-hmm. is like <laughs> the lightning bolt will hit you and you're like 10 minutes. You got an awesome song, but it's from the hundreds of songs that were not good. Yeah, you can't write the hits without the stinkers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, let me let me uh piggyback on that. Like, especially for all the listeners out there, like whether you're a songwriter or not, I know there are probably many songwriters listening. Like, dude, it doesn't matter if you just won M- Music City Mayhem last week. It doesn't matter, you know, like I just spent for the last, and this is not a complaint. I'm I'm simply sharing for the last three days, right? I had a lot of spare time. So I wrote probably seven or eight hours. Like, you know, I'll do two hours in the morning and then I'll go walk the dogs and do the dishes Mm -hmm. and go hit the gym. Then I'll come back. I'll do two hours at night, right? Like these little, you don't want to sit there for four or five hours, like pulling your hair out. Cause that's when it really like, you can tell it's not coming. Right. But bro, I don't have a single shareable piece, a single voice memo that I like. I don't have any melodies. I like, I don't have any fucking riffs that I like. Like, do I feel a little frustrated? Yes. But can I take a deep breath and just say, yo, like I'm showing up to catch the 
the fruit that's falling and no fruit has fallen for three or four days, you know, like, but I'm still showing up. So this is only me sharing my vulnerability and saying it, writing songs is not easy. It's really easy to overthink it. It's really easy to, to stare at it too closely, but just man, keep showing up. That's the only thing I can say. And I don't know, but even, even if you're writing good songs, you're still going to write mm-hmm. it's stuff important that's just to awful. practice the art. Yeah. And, and dude, those, those days I think are the hardest to be a songwriter. Those days I think are the hardest cause you still love it deep down. I still am having fun poking around on the keyboard. But I'm it's still frustrating having fun when you can't get that hook that sits with you. Exactly, dude. It, it is about the hooks. It is about, you know, you can have ideas, but the craft of songwriting is making it memorable. And, and, the best songs create like this little world that exists forever that millions of people mm-hmm. hopefully can participate in and find a piece of like existence in it. You know, you're, you're opening a little portal that never existed before. And now like people can, can feel that too and join you in that space that you create with the song where you've forever. created something out of nothing. Yes. And that is really the goal that I'm reaching for. And so when you're reaching for that goal, like, you know, when it's not there, you know, when it's not coming together and dude, those are the hardest days it is to be a writer. And I'm just going to share for the listeners. That's probably 70% (laughs) of the time I spend writing. Like maybe I have a lot of work to do to make it easier on myself. You know, I'm not trying to go on a diatribe here, but like, if you're frustrated out there, you're just like me. You're just like the rest of us. That's all I want to say. What's it, it really does come down to just you have to do it for the love. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, you do it. You can't lose that enjoyment of it because as soon as you lose the enjoyment of it, there's no reason to do it anymore. Right. And, and it has to be for, like you said, for the art of it. It has to be. That's why it has to start, I think, for yourself and you have to do it because I need to get this off my chest. Actually, this is a good segue into something else that I've I've recently learned. Um, is that like a lot of times the things that I feel like I shouldn't say or the things that I kind of don't want to say are the things that I actually need to say. And that's what makes the best song. That's what comedians mm. do is they say things that are like technically like taboo, but that's why they're saying them is because we're all thinking some of these things whatever they are we're thinking that we're feeling that but it's our job as creatives to say those things that the other people don't know how to convey Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's tough to like there's a lot of noise i mean just just like stimulation in general you know we have we have five senses and we're our brains are constantly getting information, you know? And so it's tough to know like, what is, what am I inspired by? What is like, what is stimulating me or what is like inspiring me? But, you know, I I think working through that and compartmentalizing, even though, you know, you may write a, a song that's already been something that's already been said, you know, over and over, but that's just making space for the things that actually matter. Like Hmm. it's just made, it's just getting the the noise out of the way. You know, it's like, 
it's when you do your journal entries or you write your songs, you know, it, that's, that's, you're getting that stuff out of the way. So you don't have to say it in the next song. And then the next song is like, or maybe you figure out how you want to say it with that first song. Correct. And so the second song is like, you only have so much space mm-hmm. to fit like what you're actually trying to say in five words. You right. know, or a pre-chorus, it's the hardest, you know, like, it's the hardest puzzle of all. Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. do I say 50 words in five words? Totally. Dude, that's beautiful, Derek. I relate with that a lot. It's kind of like you're reading my mind a bit. You know what I mean? But I'm just it's like, like what you're saying, you know, I'm, I'm bouncing off of you. Yeah. And you, you, you get it out there. And if you, if you, in that moment, if you can't package it into something like a memorable hook or, you know, catchy is a very like subjective judgment. Um, but I mean, it's, I would just say something that feels good to you or something memorable. Like if you can't package your thoughts or ideas into something, that's a song, you know what I mean? Like, like I'm not here to write a poem. I'm here to write a song, (laughs) right? Poetry is awesome by the way. Mm -hmm. Like I, I love, I love it. But, um, you know, sometimes you just got to just put the pen to the paper and just yep. do a journal entry anyway. And if a little bit rhymes, that's cool. But it's all the greater I did a lot of free writing search. in my younger days. Just, yeah. just stream of consciousness. And then every now and then there will be like three words. And I'm like, Boom. oh, hey, there, there was something in that 10,000 words that my yeah. brain had. And some of it works. I Definitely love, I love the free writing. I mean, mm-hmm. I think like sometimes with... With all the noise that there is, you know, I feel like it's hard to know exactly what I want to say, you know, because maybe, you know, I had a bad day, but like, I'm also having this problem somewhere, you know, with, with a relationship or with a, you know, somebody cut me off in traffic or whatever. Uh And I just need to get this stuff out. But it's like, what am I like? What's actually bothering me? Maybe I'm, I'm, uh, you know, maybe I'm the problem. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's just like all these things, like. I need to, but to sort these things out, the free writing is very helpful for that. And in that, you know, maybe I do find the gold, like maybe it's, you know, it, it just helps me to, I don't know, just see like, maybe I've got five songs in this one journal entry, you know, Hmm. that that can happen that way too. One of the things that I've found nice about our generation, because we're all in our late twenties here and something that is very different from when we were in like junior high school and which is awesome. It's different now is people are much more accepting and open to talk about like their struggles. Yeah. I remember being 15 and like you couldn't tell somebody that you were sad. They'd call you a words that we don't say now. Yeah. 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 And it's cool (laughs) getting to see our generation grow into that. Like, Oh, it's, it's fine to say, man, I'm having a lot of anxiety right now. Mm-hmm. And right off of what you were saying, Derek, is I don't know why I'm having anxiety right now. Right. We seldom know why. We It's like you can't always step back far enough to understand. I'm, keep, go, keep going. I'm yeah, you're so, to something. That, so with that ability for us to be able to step back, we really can be okay talking about like, okay, I need to go to therapy if to, to work deeper into this one issue. Or if it can be as simple as free writing we can talk about that and that's something that's so different from when my brothers were in high school they're in their mid to late 30s now they're not too much older than us but like back then you didn't tell people that like i'm not you didn't tell people you went to therapy you didn't tell people that you were having feelings you didn't tell people you were having a hard time right a lot of the stigma has been lifted 
I think, I mean, it also depends on who you are. There are still some stubborn minds out there, mm-hmm. but in general, I have, I have seen, I agree with you this, um, I don't want to call it a trend, but I've seen a progression towards like vulnerability being cool. It finally, is. telling people that you need help isn't as stigmatized as it used to be. Or like even just confessional stuff, like I'm breaking down or like I'm, I'm losing my cool or like I'm, I'm weighed down or whatever it is, you know, like that's a lot of the, that's why sad boy and sad girl music is so popular, you know, like, I don't know that it's so much a trend as just like more of like a development of the human nature. A development. It's more of a progression. I don't don't know. Somebody else needs to hear it. Yeah. Somebody is maybe... I've been stubborn and I need to hear somebody that I look up to say, Hey, I'm not doing so good right now. And that gives me the confidence to be like, you know what? I'm not doing so good right now. It's empowering. You feel closer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To know somebody else is having a hard time makes your hard time easier. Even if it's just knowing that it's not just you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Cause there's, there are so many times where, you know, I feel like something's wrong with me. Or whatever, and it's mm-hmm. it's not just me. It's like I think everybody has something. I was talking to my friend about, and I'll, I'll keep their their name uh, private for the sake of you know privacy. Sure, but of course. My friend was having a hard time the other day talking about their career, and they were saying like, I feel like every time I put out music, it nothing happens. I make no progress. I make no new fans, and they were considering just quitting, and. I kind of had a heart to heart with them because like we all feel that <laughs> yeah. and yes, most of the music we put out will be fruitless, but it really can just be that one. It, it really does take one song. We're all one song away from being super freaking famous, but knowing that we're all, I don't want to say failing together. We're all learning together. Learning, learning together is so much more empowering knowing that, Hey, we're, we're all trying this right now and it's okay to not have a big hit. If you like the art that you're creating, that should be the end all be all. If the that music that the... you put out makes you happy, who, who, fuck the rest of the people. Definitely. That is, I think the most, um, fundamental sense of success. I say fundamental instead of basic, mm-hmm. right? Like the fundamental success is if you're, lucky enough we were even just saying this like if we are fortunate enough to create like you know um that is a blessing in itself and and then if you like what you're creating and then maybe a a number of people also like what you're creating then the the abundance just grows and the gratitude grows with that you know and you people want to skyrocket to fame because our generation has seen it happen with tiktok and the singing competition shows but that's not reality Mm -hmm. building sustainable careers based on making one fan or two fans at a time is so much more rewarding because then down the line if you've made a hundred thousand fans you have a super successful career or if you've made a thousand fans if you've made the one thousand fans have you heard of Ari Herstand uh kind of rings a bell he's an author who now has what's very uh like a very common, like I think music business textbook called how to make it in a new music business. Cool. But he has this thing called the thousand fan theory where if you build a fan base of a thousand people and they're each willing to spend 
whatever it is, a hundred bucks a year. Then all of a sudden your business is making a hundred grand a year, which is a lot of money. And sure, if you're in a band and you need to sustain the lives of four people, it's not a lot, but there's also four of you. You could all go out and make one, one fan a night. That's four fans a show that you could potentially make. And you can expound that and grow so much quicker. And we're, we're shown that success is going viral on TikTok right now. And it's, it's just, I don't think it's a sustainable form of success. It's so not. You, you want to you know how to do it again. Because if you only learn how to get successful once, then what happens if it all gets taken away? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you got the logs, right? A little bit of lighter fluid is cool. It helps it burn hotter and faster and bigger. And then with that lighter fluid, you may be able to flow, throw more you know, logs on. And it's not to say that the lighter fluid isn't helpful, but going viral or having like a, a moment like you're talking about on social media, like it does happen. People pull it off, but it's definitely lighter fluid, right? It's definitely gasoline and it ain't nothing if you don't go chop the wood. Yep, and it clicks that dopamine button. You want it again. Yes. So you keep trying to do the same thing you did oh, that yeah. one time. It can and, be debilitating, man. Yes. I know, you know people who all they do all day long is just try to make funny TikToks <laughs> to go viral. has nothing to do with their music. Or their or growth. Yeah, exactly. It can kind of help, but can it? I mean, yeah. I'm it's sorry. hard to generalize, you know, because some people do grow their audience mm-hmm. through that. So. So I was reading this story. I think the book was called Creative Confidence. Okay. And it was about Mr. Goodyear. And I can't remember what exactly his first name was, but Goodyear from Goodyear Tires. And so he had been working for like a decade, you know, trying to come up with the perfect uh, recipe for rubber. And he was, you know, slaving away on his stovetop every night trying to come up with this this recipe. And he (laughs) kept like burning it and it was like not the right consistency. And I mean... He failed and failed and failed, and eventually he accidentally spilled what was in his pot onto the stove and got it the perfect like heat. It's perfect temperature. The to perfect get there. temperature. And he if he hadn't he happened to realize what it what he had done, you know. And if it wasn't for all of the times he had he had failed before, it would have just been like, oh man, you know, like whatever. Like it's just another failure. But because he had failed so many times before, he realized Oh, this is rubber. This is what I've been trying to make. And so he then created Goodyear Tires by accident. Mm-hmm. But it was all of the work that he had done previously that that gave it the value. Yeah, I actually started Nashville Tour Stop by accident years and years ago. I was in a band and we were just playing at this bar three or four nights a week. And then the bar owner came up and said, hey, do you want to start a show? Like, like a showcase. Yeah. Like he handed it to you. It was, it was somebody else's idea to like do it. And we're like, yeah, sure, whatever. And <laughs> that's just how this thing, that's why you guys are listening to me talk on the microphone right now. Nice, That's dude. my multi-ultra is in my house. <laughs> because I, <laughs> some, some old that's ass awesome. bartender was like, hey, do you want to host a showcase? <laughs> <laughs> but what, uh, what bar was it? God, that was, that was 2018. That was the 404 Bar and Grill. Oh, I know. I've been Way there a couple times. Of yeah, played there. Yeah, yeah. played a songwriters around there. Yeah, they yeah. do like little blackjack in the corner sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that the one? <laughs> I know what that's that is. A, that's where we were born. We did. I think we did five shows there before we inevitably moved to Belcourt Taps. Nice, man. Wow. Yeah. Well, See, hey, I know there's so much more I want to talk to you guys about, but let's take sure. a quick break and we'll come right back with the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. <laughs> Yeah. 
And we're back with the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. Derek Wesley and Nolan Brown sitting in my living room. Cheers. Boys of Multi Ultra. Derek, you are the lead singer, front man. Yeah. And Nolan, you're uh, guitar one. Yeah, lead guitar, <laughs> you know. Cool. Well, I, uh, I remember having you guys play our first show down at... Tin Roof Broadway. You mentioned that before, but mm-hmm. uh, it's a great show. I always like to ask people how I met them, and technically that's where we met, but that's not how I was introduced to you guys. Hmm. I I saw your stickers everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. Nice. It works. Everywhere. It works. It then. works. I was literally, I forget what urinal I was at sometime. <laughs> I was just like, look. It's multi-ultra. I see this sticker. Beautiful. Everywhere. So I, like, literally, I went back to the bar and got on my phone. I was like, Instagram search, multi-ultra. And then I saw you guys, and I was like, damn, they're, they're really good. Thanks, man. And yeah. that's that's all proof to say that the sticker campaigning still does work. It does, man. <laughs> if you ever, anybody who's ever played Tony Hawk's Pro Underground 2, the skating video <laughs> game, knows the art of the sticker slap the and the power slap, of the sticker slap, the guerrilla marketing, you know. It and works. I was super inspired real quick by, I got to shout out one of my old Belmont friends, Mr. B, Blake Mankin from the Tribal Hoose. If you ever see a little yellow circular sticker with a moose on it, he I've, really... I've seen that sticker. Dude, you will. <laughs> you'll be you'll be at the airport stop sign and he'll be the only one on the stop sign. You know, you'll be like... Savage. Savage slaps. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So I'm just trying to get on his level, but I'm glad that the slappage that we all have done but let's, got your attention. Let's be here honest, we are. though. We're not the ones putting the stickers places. Oh, right. it could it could definitely be it's other not people. Us. There's yeah. been a lot of uh, stickers. I will say there's a lot of truth to that because I've seen so many slaps where it was like that wasn't me. So who was? Yeah, that, who was I, it? I, I know the same thing happens because. I've, I've sent out and given away tons of my stickers over the year. Just leave them on a table. Take whatever you want. Yeah. And you do find them. It's yeah. that ripple randomly. effect, man. Yeah, they're I, just uh, I forget where I was, but uh, my buddy is a bartender at Neighbors in Germantown. And he texted me at like 1.30 in the morning once. And he's like, did you, did you put your sticker inside of the urinal at Neighbors? And I was like, no. He goes, there's one in there. There you All go. Right. If you build it, they will come. Yeah, yeah. People, people keep it. And sure, most of the people don't have any idea what Nashville Tour Stop is. But if they find a sticker and then they just accidentally put, like, oh, it's just been in my pocket for a couple hours. Uh, where am I right now? The neighbor's urinal? Slap. Slap it off, <laughs> man. <laughs> That's how that happens. So if you're listening and you don't have a lot of money to get a bunch of fancy merchandise, stickers still work. That's, That's the, the way first to go. one. Yeah. Stickers still work. It's a good way to remember all your friends. And I actually have a bookshelf in my bedroom that's just plastered with my friend stickers from over the years. That's just the whole point. Of wow. It. Yeah. That's cool. Just that's a cool memory. Stickers. But let's see. You did just have some recent accolades. I would love to talk about Music City Mayhem. Let's Who's talk. A, who, whose idea was it to join the competition this year? We've been trying to get in that competition for a while. This so is the what's first... the process of getting in look like? Well, you submit to the website, and mm-hmm. I think there were up to 400 submissions. And I think Lightning 100 said 450 plus, wow. in fact. They said it was the most they've ever gotten out of any year. Wow. Because it's, it's a continually growing, it like is. exponentially this is 15th, growing thing. 15th year, yeah. It is, yeah. Nashville's growing itself. Lightning 100 is amazing. They're always, you know... 
banging out cool promo and uh, events and things and just everything they do is cool. So that attracts more opportunity and more interest. And yeah, I mean, we've, I, I've been here about 10 years and one of the first things I did when I moved here the fall of 2013 is I went to live on the green, like free showcase, heard about it for some friends, didn't even know it was a radio station thing. Right. And you know, I get there and there's like, whatever 12,000 people on the lawn or whatever it's epic bro Huge it's so show. epic it's so cool i saw cage the elephant a few years later like in the mosh pit like holding up one of you know matt schultz's <laughs> shoes like it's legendary right and i was like dude this would be so cool to play so we've been reaching for it you know in many ways but to to peel back the curtain a bit um it is it is. I feel lucky that we made it this whole way, but it is accessible to everyone. There's not really a lot of barriers. You know, you go to Lightning 100's website. They have a submission forum. You know, just send out your best song, the one that you feel like is you're most proud of, and cross your fingers, man, because that's all we did, really. I swear. There's, Which there's, song did you submit with initially? So, so we submitted Switch It Up. Okay. Which was has been it's it's a song that we've been getting a lot of feedback from and sometimes you know it, it it's funny how you know that song has been we released that a year ago mm-hmm. and and it's just now kind of getting making a little bit of a, a noise and we you know so we submitted out of 450 bands lightning 100 narrows that down and then there were 32 bands and they open up the voting to audience vote online mm-hmm. and we there was we felt honored to even make it that far i mean because yeah. like I, 400 and something that didn't make it that far right and like i said i mean we've we've submitted ever since we've been i mean we've both been in other projects that have you know this has been a, a goal of all of ours for a long time. I haven't and even asked. When was Multi Ultra formed? Multi Ultra started being active in 2021. Okay, we started playing shows. In yeah, I would say like early, you know, January, February, 2021. Okay, cool. We began with acoustic shows, but that was never like the full vision. That's just since you asked how it started. Mm-hmm. We always wanted to be full electric, you know, rock and band. But that's why I don't ask you guys to play my writer's rounds. I don't, <laughs> I don't want you to have to sell yourselves short for what you, I know you can well, we, do. We do. We like doing, you know, we, we love the storyteller aspect of mm-hmm. the, the writing, yeah. but it is definitely, it, it's harder to get the idea of, uh, you know, acoustic, right? Yeah, but we love without the, the jumping love around the, without the front man stuff. We love right, the right. coffee shop vibe. You know, we can pull it off. And there's, I mean, I listen to that kind of music all the time, mm-hmm. but it's not quite what we're aiming for. We're definitely trying to do the the exciting, right. cranked up, you know, pedal to the Wayne metal type of thing. Play to yeah, little, yeah, little Wayne stuff. <laughs> so stuff let's that gets see. You, you made the top thirty-two, and mm-hmm. you. I don't. I don't want to gas you up too much, but you guys flew through this competition. How did we make it through? It seemed like we breezed through the competition. You know, the the music city mayhem. We were talking about friends and stuff. Um, maybe this is redundant, but I didn't get to say that it was a really cool full, full circle moment. Of we were talking earlier in the podcast about all these old jobs that we had, and like a lot of the restaurants that I worked in. I mean 
dozens of them, you know, like just scrubbing floors or filling the ice or serving pizzas or whatever it was. And I was able to reach back out to some old friends that I haven't talked to and they, they showed up and voted for us. And, you know, it's, it was a combination of people, you know, old friends, old connections in whatever way that we had all individually made, you know, not just me, but I was really thankful to have those people kind of full circle come back and show up for us and to support us. So my thanks goes out to them. It, it was, we were biting our nails, but we did it. Yeah. We really have a lot it's not of, without stress. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, you know, we have a lot of family and friends and friends and friends to thank for it. You know, um, your final vote count on the, the competition night itself at third and Lindsley, you, you had over 800 votes, didn't you? Something like that. And I think we, that was the, that's crazy. The we had a lot of friends show up for us too and, and get their friends and hometown families and, and just hometown, uh, friends as well. And yeah, the, the, the people that showed up for us as well that night was incredible. I mean, we really like it. It's one of those things that we just, it really makes you see how fortunate that you can be, you know, we, we feel it's humbling, mm-hmm. you know, we feel blessed that people even first off like us enough to support us in that way, you know, and, um, and care and care know? and they care about you guys. We and can they, tell they, they care, care more about not just multi ultra, the band, they care about Nolan and Derek. Yeah. The, the guys, the individuals. Yeah. I mean, it's cool that we can come together and, and cause the way we like to look at it is like, we're a family, you know, mm-hmm. multi ultra is, is it's everyone. It's everyone. It is. We want, we want our shows to be inclusive. We want, you know, anybody that wants to come hang out, somebody you're new to town, you don't know what to do. Come hang out with us. You know, it's like, let that's us right. help you make friends because we're our, we're all friends. You know, that's, that's what I want with tour stop. Just come make friends. I think that's, that's why we're friends. You're already <laughs> executing <laughs> you know? it very well, though. I yeah. mean, just keep doing what you're doing because that's how it feels. Yeah. So. We, we just want our friends to make friends. And yeah. I've been that lost puppy in a bar with nobody to talk to. It and ain't it's, fun. It's it's scary here. Yeah. No, no you're good. it's it's scary when you just get into that bar for the first time and you don't know how to talk to people and you don't know anybody and you have nothing to offer anybody. Sometimes you don't need anything to offer. Just your friendship is free. Yeah. Give somebody that. And if it means showing up to your show, you're going to remember that person because they showed up like our fr- our fan groups are still relatively tight. We recognize people when they come to stuff. Totally. And that's why it's so cool knowing that that's how approachable it is to make fans at the stages in our careers we are because we can have those personal relationships with everyone. That's how you yeah, that's how you've grown is is you know you your your friends come and they know they're going to see their friends at your shows and it just keeps growing. They bring their friends and that's how it's become what it has, I mean, not without your work, the work right. that you put in, but you know, it, there's a point where it is out of your hands. Yeah. And that's, that's been that's one of true. my goals with, with tour stop forever is just, I, I love it as my job, but I would love for it to not just have to be Aaron a hundred percent of the time, which is why really, really early on, I took my name out of it because originally it was like, it was Aaron Schulbs, Nashville tour stop. And it's like, you know what? They don't need to know it's me. Who cares? And nice. It, it was in, not even an ego test. It's like, I didn't care. I mm-hmm. wanted it to be about everybody and not about me. That's a gut feeling that I'm glad you followed. That's cool. Yeah. And 
it, it's paid off. Nice, it's paid dude. off for sure. So let's see the winnings of the Music City Mayhem. What's uh, what's the big one? What's what's the big one we we get out of this? Bragging rights. <laughs> Bragging no. rights. Really, I don't even know what all was on the list, man. Honestly, the 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 biggest, most gratifying thing is that we just we just we set our minds to something and did it and that's like you accomplished a goal yeah and you know it's like it it's it's validating all this work that we've been putting mm-hmm. in is obviously bragging rights is a joke you know but yeah, yeah. but all of this work that we've been putting in is is validated and it's like people it's proof that what you're doing is working. Yeah, it's it is a, a form people. of proof. I would, I would have to agree with that. You know, it's like it's well, empowering. It, it's, it's encouraging proof to us. Yeah, and proof to others as well because, like, you know, we uh, we really do. We're passionate about what we're doing, and we want to give the best product that we can. Um, and you know, so it's it's just a validation of like to ourselves, if anything. That, you know, we have put in work and we have a lot of supporters and a lot of uh, friends and family that have gotten us this far. And um, that's out of everything. I don't I, you know, I don't even know what else was on the list. Like, yeah, it's like I mean, I can say a couple of things, but you're right. The 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 main takeaway is the best the, things in life are free. The best yeah. things in life are free. And, you know, it's not necessarily about the trophy, but it's it's seeing the the physical um, manifestation of hard work through people being excited, people showing up and participating. Like we can see that it's growing. It's the moment. It's the career momentum um, that truly feels like the biggest prize, but you know, it would be silly to not shout out some of the, the awesome things that we got because other companies are involved mm-hmm. and um you know, it's it's nice to be able to connect with other things. So we're going to do some recording time at SAE, which we're really excited about. Um, Big recording studio in fact, here in town. Yeah. In fact, tomorrow we're going to have our onboarding meeting with Home, which cool. is a company called Helping Our Music Evolve. And uh, they do a lot of like content um, and basically sort of like artist development, but it's a very in a very organic kind We've of done way. Events with home before, yeah. So you're probably familiar. You know, we get a tighter relationship with Lighting 100. Mm-hmm. You know, they get to share our stuff and kind of some advertising things like that. And they play. What what song of yours are they playing on the air right now? So right now it's been switch it up. They've just cool. been gassing it. You know what I mean? Um, I would have to admit I'm. Um, excited to have them represent some of our other songs eventually, but only when the time is right. You know right. what I mean? I'm glad that they're pushing out whatever they think is cool from us. They've been doing this long enough that they know what it takes to yeah. have the 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 recognition. You know, totally. it's like it's like yeah, anything, and I trust him with it. Yeah, you know. it's like anything with marketing. You know, you have to see something seven or eight times before you get off the couch and go to the show. You have to see the sticker in the, in every urinal before you actually <laughs> yeah. you have to, you know, so I, I tr- we trust what they're doing. Another huge milestone of this is uh, we don't know what it will be yet. Um, we're not sure if it's live on the green or not, but we will get to play a lightning 100 showcase. That's cool. Um, which that I'm really looking forward to that too. Um, lightning 100 so does a lot of supply stuff like of that. sweaters. Yes. Coffee. Cool. Can't which forget. is great. 
Um, Nashville Denim Company, we got a gift card from them. Uh, Nashville Paint Company. Hell yeah. Um, and It's nice to know so many local companies support what Lightning 100's vision is in supporting live original music. That's yes. what it's about, man. Yeah. A lot of people are coming together. We're happy to receive those benefits, but it's it's really worth shouting them out and all of their hard work and what they do for other artists, too, and how they're you know, growing their dreams in their own way. So we're happy to receive the, the winnings, but it's definitely feels like the community's expanding and we're just doing our best to be a part of it. So what's next for multi ultra? Oh man, we got a lot on the books. You tackle this one. <laughs> yeah. So we're playing, um, a headlining show at the basement on June 2nd. That's, All right. that's our, that's, we're looking forward to, Having Gloom Girl. That is a Friday night, right? June Friday 2nd night is a Friday night. June second. Gloom Girl and Lombardi are going to be with us. Mm-hmm. Um, May twenty eighth, we're playing Musicians Corner at Centennial Park. I mm-hmm. already have it in my calendar to go. Oh, cool! That's <laughs> cool. going to be a nice, easy, easy going like daytime set. You know, we're playing at noon. It's a but, little like hors d'oeuvre of what June 2nd will be. Mm-hmm. That's right. And but we're going to take my skateboard right there and skate down to the park and watch you guys play. Oh, that's perfect. a great idea. <laughs> I might even. Yeah, you're close. Yeah, that's nice. But um, it'll be just like we'll just crank it up no matter what. It'll be like a little bit shorter of a set. Mm-hmm. But that's Is it like be a half fun. hour showcase or something. Probably something close, you know, yeah. 30 minutes, 25 minutes. So we just released our brand new single. It's not summer without you. Um few weeks ago and you can find that wherever you get your music we've been looking forward to that one for a while hell yeah and so the june 2nd show at the basement is in support of that tickets on sale now celebration tickets are on tickets on sale yeah go to the basement nashville.com find that for june 2nd you got it it's not my first time promoting a show at the basement (laughs) that's right you've done a few yourself bro Guys, where can we find you online, though? Where can people uh, follow you? Where can people find other tour dates and potential shows? Where can they keep an eye for a potential uh, Live on the Green announcement? Well, you can get exclusive content at multiultraband.com. Of course, we're on Spotify and Instagram uh, at at multiultra underscore. Underscore. Yep. Mm -hmm. And Facebook. um, You know, we're on YouTube as well. Pretty much all of those are the same at multi ultra underscore. Cool. But you can get the exclusive content at our website. So that's always go to good. the website. Go to the website. There. You'll hear it you'll hear everything first at the website. That's what right. I tell people to do too. Go to the website. Sometimes we'll even post a song early because it's under our control, right? Like if it's not on Spotify, mm-hmm. it's not on the, the airwaves yet. You can usually you can, get it for free there you too. You can get it for free. You can go to our website and check out stuff that drops early. Like just thanks for, you know, subscribe if you want. Like it's we're not about here to spam you. We're just about here to share, you know, what we're doing in a consistent way. And one more time, that's a multi-ultraband.com. I'll have that linked in the episode description cool. as well. Yeah. Y'all, thank you for being on the show today. Aaron, thanks so much for having us, dude. I feel like we could have talked for two more hours. We totally yeah. could have. We'll do it again. Hopefully. Yeah. I, we didn't even talk about You'll you guys being like, how did you meet? Or how did you get into music? We'll save that for part two. I like part two. <laughs> Shout out to the uh, the boys of the band Multi Ultra here. Y'all, thank you for your time today. Cannot wait for The Basement. Cannot wait for the Musician's Corner show. This is coming out on May the 25th, if you're listening to it, the day we released it. May 25th, the year of our Lord, Kelsey Ballerini. 
inside joke. You don't get that. But let's see. You can check us out at Nashville Tour Stop on all your social media platforms. More importantly, so check us out at NashvilleTourStop.com. I've teased it before, and I will continue to tease it until I can talk about it. We have a huge announcement coming, literally the biggest announcement we will ever have. This is not another burrito recipe level announcement. This is a big one. So remember to subscribe. Remember to tell your friends to check it out. We'll have a lot more cool shit. We'll have a lot more cool folks, and we'll have the boys from the band right here come back to the show. So until next time, please do remember that all roads lead right back here to the Nashville Tour Stop.